Yeah, they're... Okay, uh, hey guys, this is Phil, I am alive, hanging in there, hope that y'all are doing okay as well, um, obviously things aren't well here in America and around the world with the COVID virus, but Thankfully, today this podcast isn't about that. <clears throat> this podcast, actually, I recorded uh, when I was back in L.A., which was early March. And I ran into this very lovely fellow named um, Lindsay Hicklin. And Lindsay is a poet, singer, uh, songwriter, does really cool, like, Neo soul, I guess I'd call it kind of in the vein of Frank Ocean, except with like a deeper voice. Um, also gay, <laughs> he's very sweet, hosted me at his house, uh, made me some food and some cocktails, and um, we had some California edibles, and it was a really, really lovely time. Um, actually, crashed at his house, and we recorded this the next morning. Um, had a lot of laughs, so I hope you like that. And we talk a lot about music, a lot about Lindsay growing up in Compton. Um, we were in Long Beach, so that was pretty cool. I had never been there before. Um, yeah, it was sweet. Uh, his, I guess his moniker, his stage name is Lenny Dufresne. You can find him on Instagram at Lenny, L-E-N-N-Y, Dufresne, D-U-F-R-A. I-N, I think. Um, let's see. So, I don't know. Updates with me. I'm just hanging in there. Um, finally, kind of back on the horse here, publishing some podcasts. I've got a whole stack of them from before the um, pandemic happened. I guess you say BC, before COVID. Um, so, I'm, I'm going to be trying to push those out. I just republished the Jackson Banks interview because I went back and I was listening, I noticed that some of the audio was kind of um, fucked up. I had a a song that I left kind of in the middle of it. So I, I hope that wasn't too bothersome. If you missed those three minutes or whatever, it should be fixed now. Um, yeah, I got one with my friend, another friend named Lenny, who's a Billings guy, owns Ebon Coffee. Um, I sat down with Jim of Red Ox Bags. So I'm going to publish that one. Um, also, Russ Roland, Montana writer. And I think that's it. I might have another one hidden in there. But uh, yeah, so anyway, I'll, I'll just be trying to get going here. Finally got my wits about me. Was going through some fucked up shit, um, which I'll share maybe someday. Um, 
but yeah, I just kind of want to get this out. This was a lovely conversation uh, with Lindsay, and I hope you like it. Okay. Gross. That is just disgusting. Welcome, Welcome to, to Filthy, Filthy Talk. Talk. So if you see them anywhere, won't you leave me there? I'm just sound checking myself. Sounds good. Oh, does it? It's hard to hear out of these. Oh, does it? Yeah. You can turn it up on there. Especially no, I was just curious. When you're singing on there. Try oh. I can hear better now. That makes yeah. more sense. Before, I was just like, Wow, I can barely hear myself. Now I can hear myself perfectly. Yeah. And when you go loud singing, it, like that'll take up the noise in your head. So you have to have it louder, right? Scott, I see. Yeah. Before I was just like, nah, I can barely hear. Right. With talking, it doesn't matter as much, right? It's 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 really balanced in talking. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice. Yeah. It is fun to hear it back. Yeah. You have a nice voice. I, I mean, I've already known that, but it's <laughs> interesting to hear it in my oh. ear. Oh, yeah. You know? It's, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So we're recording now, I guess. Oh, are we? Yeah. Okay. Um, I should I take this out? Yeah. Sure. I was just going to use those to check every now and then. Gotcha. What are we, so, we going to talk about? I don't know. Um, I'm with Lindsay. What, what's your fucking last name, Lindsay? Hicklin. Hickland? Hicklin. Hicklin. Spell People it. People always put a D in there. Yeah. H-I-C-K-L-E-N. Okay. Nice. Um, we just met. Actually. Can we start again? Why? No. Well, because I want to use a different name. Oh? My artist name. Can we do both? Or do you want to <laughs> leave it all out of there? Uh, I'd prefer. You'd rather have your moniker? Yes. Do you not want me to name you all in this? Well, with a moniker, yes. Okay. Let's on my Instagram. All right. I'll just block out your name. I'll just snip that. We part. can just start again. No, we're started. It's going to be a bleep where, where you say your name. I mean, it's not the end of the world. Like, I'm not like some <laughs> shy you're person just, who's afraid of everything. I was just like, <laughs> I just want to press the button. And you're like, no, you're just a battle of wills at this point. Yeah. No, we're rolling, dude. Okay. <laughs> I love you're just like docile. You're like, uh, but no. <laughs> that's all right. It's okay. It's just kind of a rule I have, I guess. It's no, like, that's okay. I just wish I would have known. Mm. See? Yeah. Surprise. Here we are. A little consent issue there. Oh, I consented. Okay. I'm not All right. playing the victim. Okay. I'm just being, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm digging in my heels. Yeah. So should we start talking about it? I'm sorry. Actual, <laughs> like actual I'll stop bitching now. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> You're just like, okay, Lindsay, she's going to complain for the 10 minutes. I see. I keep saying my name. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, you're fucked. You're fucked. <laughs> I know. Oh, I, I, I have some interesting questions to ask okay. on the whole. Okay. Unless you have a direction. No, bro. not related to anything. Well, maybe we should orient a little bit. Okay, so I'll let you start. So like we're sitting in Lindsay's room uh, in Long Beach. Yes. It's really nice. Lindsay has been a really good host to me, cooking me food and letting me crash. And of course, you've been a great guest. Um, I don't know what I should say. Yeah. What were your questions? Let's just go with that. Okay, gotcha. So, um, something I do maybe it's a nerd quality in me. <laughs> yeah. And a child quality in me, but um, I write down questions I find interesting that I want to ask people sometimes. Wow. Or if I hear a question that's interesting. Then I'll um, write it down. And so I have like three or four different emails sent to myself with like 50 questions in each. Very good. One of the ones is, if you had to describe the color red to a blind person, how would you start? Yeah. Uh, probably with a feeling. What feeling? <coughs> like, um, 
bright or like alert hmm. or um, I guess like warning would be one of them. Hmm. But I don't really even know where to fucking begin explaining sight to a blind person. Well, this is why I find the question interesting because what would you it, say? Yeah. Well, what I say it depends on how what mood I was in. To be honest, with you. <laughs> right? If I was like, if I was sober, I would describe it as <laughs> like three things. I describe it as a feeling of being really horny. Oh, like that feeling that you have when you're really horny. Oh, the feeling that you have when you're really hungry, and that feeling huh. that you have when you like hit your toe on the fucking wall. Word. Like yeah, those three emotions good. to me connote. Um, what it's like to see the color red. Word. However, um, if I was high, uh-huh. <laughs> I'd describe it as like, imagine being on a roller coaster mm. and you think it's just a really soft and simple one and then all of a sudden there's a drop. Yeah. And your stomach like hits the fucking ceiling. That's, That's also the color red for me. Very good. I also, I'd hate the color red and I hate roller coasters. I just... <laughs> So for me, that's like the feeling. <laughs> um, it's funny. You made me think of this thing, and you'll like it because you're a musician, but um, there's a book called uh, This Is Your Brain on Music, hmm. and it just describes like why or tries to describe why humans like value music so much. Hmm. Um, one of the things he talks about, part of his argument is that like it seems to be like a deep part of us that like vibes, you know, it almost literally vibrates with music. I agree. Um, I've thought that this is because like um, when we're fetuses or whatever, like all of our senses are not really in use except for feel and, and mm. hearing. Um, I, right, I, I guess like we don't really see that much and we probably don't smell. Probably kind of taste, but not really. But yeah, anyway, so this idea is that like when we hear a tone like when you hear a a or whatever don't like that activates parts in your brain more clearly than when you see a color i have been talking about this for years does that make sense i you're speaking fuck it's like i've been alien on a on planet earth <laughs> all my life and i finally met, meet another alien i'm like oh shit <laughs> i'm not crazy yeah. this is what i think this whole time <laughs> that's the best <laughs> because you know I, you already know that i hate background music and i can't uh-huh. focus on conversation when music's happening like i'm just i haven't acclimated to the world in this way right music's such a big part of how i see things but also when it's on i focus on it right and part of that is uh, exactly what you're saying it's just like i so understand what's happening with the music and i can't not i can't not Focus. fully invest all of my facilities and energies nice. and if it's music i don't like it really pisses me off <laughs> if it's music i love if someone talks it really pisses me off right right like, there's no like in between with me For and sure. i i had a theory when i got married with my ex-husband i used to talk about this because mm. i love whitney houston and mm. i love like patriotic music and the reason is uh. i think I was conceived, as my mom and dad would tell me, to saving all my love for you by Whitney Houston. Okay, nice. When I was born, they were playing the greatest love of all in the hospital. Yeah. When I was born. Uh, when I was a little, my mom, nice. all her pregnancy listened to Whitney Houston because yeah. it was like 1987. Word. I was born in December. Uh-huh. So all that year she listened to Whitney Houston. She was like a new pop star. And just this really <laughs> strong, resonant voice. Just I just yeah. remember it. And I remember when I was five, I watched her do the national anthem. Oh. And I remember thinking... This is what I, it just connected with me. Nice. And I know it's really random, but no, yeah. sound has always been such a huge part to my life. That's and great. when shit doesn't make sense to me, yeah. sound has always made sense to me. Mm. Like, I wonder, was I fated to be a singer? Wonder what? I wonder if I was just fated to be a oh, singer. Oh, nice, yeah. Because sound is, but maybe a lot of people feel so they're just not as talented. Mm. Mm. 
I'm not trying to say like I'm some amazing person. I think you're a pretty amazing person. Well, that's really <laughs> kind of you. I appreciate the largesse. Jeez. Um, and I think you're talented as well, actually. Well, I, I, well, I guess whoever listens to this can judge for themselves. Yeah. About my lack of talent. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm not going to dignify that with a. <laughs> Jeez. Um. We were just listening to Lindsay's. Can we talk about that? Please, yeah. Okay. Um, album. Yes. Yeah. So can you talk about that. A hundred percent. I was married to a lovely gentleman in Denver, Colorado, uh-huh. and um, or we moved to Denver when we got married. Uh-huh. Uh, after, excuse me, but um, the marriage was falling apart, yeah. and when it was atrophying in real time, I thought we could live together as it atrophied and uh-huh. dissolved, and we dissolved it, and you know split all the marital shit uh-huh. but there are moments at the very end where just like i'd walk into the kitchen and get a glass of orange juice and he would stand in front of the fridge right and i'd be like can i have orange juice and then he would hand me the orange juice and then i'd hand it him back and he put it in the fridge mm. not saying a word not looking at me and i was like this mm. is torturous right so i was just like well what am i gonna do i've always wanted to sing i mean i've always sang all mm. my life and i sang some background here and there mm. but i've never pursued an album or a song like as a solo dude or whatever because i wasn't that interested in the ownership of being an artist ever because i was a singer and i feel like being a singer and being an artist are very different yeah because singing is like it's like being like a painter you can paint really well Mm -hmm. like uh, uh, i know a guy who makes forgeries Mm -hmm. he just paints like picassos and shit Mm. and he makes a really good living doing it Mm. but like he's not an artist Mm -hmm. i don't think and he doesn't classify himself as an artist. Sure. He's a skilled painter. A producer, yeah. And I feel like I was a skilled singer mm. until my divorce. Oh. And something in my divorce, oh. I had all this emotion and intensity. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like really lost, kind of like mm. being in space with no tether. Mm-hmm. You're next to a spaceship and all of a sudden you're just like floating. And maybe, sure. and that's nice when you're healthy emotionally. <laughs> but when you're emotionally like in fucking a dark, sad place, being tetherless is really frightening and scary. And sure. and and all that to say, so I sat my ex husband down and I was like, hey, let's. It was the divorce talk. Mm-hmm. I got him his favorite scone from the bakery across the oh, street. Yeah. I made him his favorite cocktail. Yeah, I was like, let's get divorced, and he said um, nothing. But what he did do said what, nothing. He back. said nothing. Oh, he just downloaded two dating apps. Immediately while to, while we're talking, turn up the volume on his phone and start swiping just oh. to be a douche. And so at that moment, I was like, "This what? just can't work." That's wild. It's like mean, <laughs> just mean yeah. shit. And I'm just like, I mean, I get it. I'm not. I'm not an angel. Sure. I wasn't perfect in that marriage. I was a douche and a cunt in some ways. For sure. So I'm not gonna pretend like he's just some bad person. Mm. But at that moment, I wanted to punch his brains in. Definitely. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. But uh, so I sent a message to a buddy in berlin and a buddy in montana um and i was like hey i want to make an album and it was just it just came to me clearly Uh, it's like in a movie it's just like oh shit light bulb time gotta do it and i was like i gotta make an album and i said to them it's like if i go to montana or berlin respectively are you making an album is that going to be important to you they both said yes but emmett who i ended up moving to montana for Mm. um he and i just musically understood each other more Huh? More than the other person? No, we both like so the guy name was Jeremy in Berlin. Uh uh-huh. and um Emmett in Montana and uh I sent them the same message. Cause um both people I just musically connect with right, right. in every way. And I know we made something beautiful. 
Um, and Emmett responded immediately mm-hmm. via Facebook, like, hey, yeah, I mean, do you want to move on Santa? Sure. But he was also like, wait, you're serious? Like, yeah. Wait, you're divorcing? What? You're just doing he, that. Yeah. He was just like, wait. Are you, I think in his mind, he was thinking, he's really emotional right now. And I had only known right. him one day. Oh. We met like six months before in Boulder going to a oh. Shakewell concert. Yeah. And so, and that's the only time we've ever interacted. And he was like, wait, you want to move to Montana? You're a city person living in Denver. For sure. Are you sure you're ready for that? You're also a black man moving to fucking Montana. Like, yeah, come yeah. on. Like, he was not trying to stop me, but he was just like, Try to manage my expectations. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, "No, let, let's make this happen." And mm. then two days later, I was there. Wow! And then we recorded a how, song. How long later? Two days. Two, two days weeks? later. Oh, two days. Wow! I quit. Like it was the most ballsy bullshit I've ever done because <laughs> I quit my job. Yeah. Like I, I told them my mom died, which is true. She did die three years before that. I see. But you said <laughs> I didn't want to be like I'm going through divorce and my life falling apart. I just like fucking my mom's died. <laughs> I guess both are good reasons, but I don't know why I lied to my job until my mom died. Well, she did die, but like years before. <laughs> I know some fucked up shit. That's pretty sweet. I like got out of my lease. I was just like, my mom's dying. Can you let me out? It worked. Note to audience. If you need to get out of a situation, say your mom died. It don't helped. do that. That's fucked up. It helps if she actually died. Which well, she is, did. Which and is I way had a sadder. Fucking, I, had to, I, I doctored the program from our funeral. Oh, what? To change the dates. <laughs> I know. Isn't it fucked up? I'm a terrible person. <laughs> Speaking of um, forgers, yeah. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so the album is kind of a mix of, it's like, um, my brother calls it ethereal soul. Yeah. Where it's very soulful. Um, or maybe you can describe this better. Uh-huh. Uh, um, because for me, I'm too close to it sometimes to really accurately describe it. Yeah. Um, I think ethereal soul is pretty on, actually. Or like space soul or something. Yeah. Because you have like pretty different like hip-hop beats you know and of course like singers have been singing with beats for a long time but you definitely do like an old school soul thing with it i think so yeah um vocally it's like if luther vandross a barry white yeah and like donny hathaway had a baby word but then like music wise it's like if muse and Frank Ocean had a baby. Word. Yeah. I think and that's so on. it's like, it's a very weird album in this way because some songs like straight up like an R&B, mm-hmm. you know, like 2000, you know, 18 sort of vibe. Not mm-hmm. trap though, because I can't stand those tinny ass drum sounds. Right. Those hi-hat, I can't do with that trap. But, um, and then some songs are written on guitar and right. then built, beefed up later with bass and different voices. Yeah, and yeah. I like to swim in and out of people's ears with vocal harmonies. Yeah. And nice. empty space, which I feel like often isn't in music much these days. Mm. It's like, I feel like my album isn't like some new groundbreaking, interesting thing. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. My album, I don't think is that groundbreaking, but I really enjoy how plush it is. Mm. And, and it's moments where I just let the music breathe mm-hmm. and not force it to resolve really quickly. Mm. Or sometimes just let a harmony ring out for a little longer. Yeah. Or just let the drums do its thing for a little bit. Right. And I often feel music now, everyone's just trying to have a cacophony yeah. of shit happening yeah, yeah, yeah. the entire time. Or otherwise people are going to be bored. For sure. And that music just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. So I, I sometimes wonder if there's a market for what I'm trying to do. <laughs> because when you look at everything out there, it's just like no. or all the newest shit yeah. that's not even mainstream, but even on the fringes, are just so filled with noise. Yeah, yeah. That's um, one of my favorite concepts in music is um, like silence. 
like mm. non-music, I guess. Like somebody described it, and this is kind of corny, but it works. Um, like if we're like painters of sound and like silence is the canvas we paint on, like if you just fill that up with paint, then there's no contrast between space yes. and what's there. And so I definitely am into the idea of space and just like letting things breathe. Yeah, like it, in the song, the first time I played you was Blame Me. Yeah. And the first like 30 seconds of the song was just like singing harmonies. Yeah. And just letting your mind do whatever it needs to do. Right. To sort of prime you for the song. Nice. And I remember someone the first time, a friend of my list, he was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And I was like, this, I, I it's like I'm floating and I want, it's like, that's just like a weird thing. It's like standing in front of the microwave while you're waiting for your hot pockets to be done. Mm. And that sound of the microwave like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like getting excited to eat. <laughs> that's kind of what I thought with that song. <laughs> People are like, this is going to be a garbage album. <laughs> microwave hot pockets. What the fuck? <laughs> hot pockets are good, man. Right? Sometimes Except when the cheese burn your mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like the song builds, and I like how that is. <laughs> yeah. Like that song that I played you, Wild as the Wind by Lauren Hill. Uh-huh. The, the Nissa Moan cover. Yeah, she yeah. She builds like crazy in that song. Right, right. And she doesn't water down mm. the intensity of a note sometimes. Yeah. That's, that's really cool shit. You know what I mean? And not yeah. all my songs are like that. Mm. Like the hip hopish when I played was hip hopish. Mm. I sound like someone's father. <laughs> the hip hop community. <laughs> Gosh. Someone said like I, I sound like I'm an accountant, but I look like I'm a linebacker. Oh. <laughs> 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 For those who have never seen me, I'm six foot five, uh, <laughs> yeah. tall black man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, it's when people say I don't sound black when I speak, but when I sing, oh. I sound black as fuck. Right. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, my That's what my sister used to say. She was like, you don't sound very black, but when you sing, honey, you black. <laughs> I was like, okay, Tanya. For sure. <laughs> that's great. Um. Okay, wait. Should we keep going about your album? Do you Whatever want to ask you, you a question about, about it? Um. So your buddy Emmett did the beats. Oh, so there's two stuff. people that worked on it. Oh, okay. Emmett did about six songs and yeah. Tim did four or five. Oh, okay. Tim is a friend of mine and a, uh, a producer from Santa Barbara uh -huh. who I was walking around UCSB's campus, the University of Santa Barbara's campus, and I was singing with my ex-husband just walking down the street mm. and Emmett heard me because mm. I have a loud as voice for those who yeah. never heard me sing. You were doing that yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And um, he like, ran out of the library and was like, hey, sir. And I was like, not enough to talk. So I like pawned him up to my ex-husband. Uh -huh. and, um, um, and he got his information for me. And then I checked him out and he's no legit. And then we recorded four five songs. This was Tim then. Tim, yeah. yeah. And then that was going to be an EP called Songs About God. And they were just mm. like these like R&B-ish, Frank Ocean-y hip-hop songs yeah. about my disillusionment or lack of a relationship with God, but it sounded mm. like a love album. Uh -huh. um, and then I moved to Colorado with my ex-husband, and then we got divorced, and I didn't do yeah. anything with that. And then I wanted, I, still, I love those songs. And then I got to Colorado, uh, Montana, and I was just like, that's where Eminem and I started getting together, and we wrote very differently. Because mm. Tim was like, he made a beat. And I wrote to that beat. Yeah. I wrote melodies. I sometimes rearranged the beats right. in certain ways, but it was a, it was very much structured. Uh -huh. And I just added what I need to add. Um, with Tim, uh -huh. um, with Emmett, it was like I had a melody in my head, and we would sit on my porch in Missoula, and he would, we put the app out there, we put the mic out there, oh, and then we sit on my porch yeah. and just write together. Nice. And then we get something like for two hours, and we like have a cocktail and just like. Right, and then we go to his house and lay it down, mm. and then layer like for every like for two weeks per song, mm. 
Oh. And it was pretty great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a really, I really enjoy. I think that's what I'm going to write in future. That's a I good like way to doing do both. Right. I don't think it's like an either or situation. Sure. But the the album is very plush sounding because of that. Mm. Working together directly, closely like well, that. Not just that, but it's like the dissonance of that sound that Eminem and I created, and mm. then the sound that Tim and I created. Oh, and they're very different sounds. Yeah, yeah. Like the songs sound different, but they're with the harmonies that are that I layer. It makes them all make sense. Oh. I hope. Yeah, right, right, right. I hope people think when they listen to the album, this is weird, but I like it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, th- I don't think they're like, who the fuck is this guy singing on this song versus this song? Like, do they even know each other? Right. That's an ideal response is this is good, but it's weird. Right? <laughs> that's what I like, think. I, that's, I want to live in that spot. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. be like, this is good, but I've heard it 30,000 times. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I, maybe that's a good place to be. I think it is. I don't know. I guess I'm curious about what are your aspirations with music? Mm. So I know it's really close to your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have like career aspirations with it, I guess, if that's what you mean. Um, although I definitely kind of do at the same time. Like I would love to be in a place where I can do music and support myself with it. And, mm. um, and then also be able to support other endeavors that I have. Um, I understand. Yeah, that's essentially my goal. So, yeah. not trying to be famous or rich, even, but like, I would like to be more comfortable than I am now, and um, kind of have something that way. Yeah, but otherwise, my aspiration for music is just to like connect with people, I guess, which is corny. But <laughs> no, I mean, uh, the older I get, the more all the aphorisms and cliches yeah. are just true. Yeah. You know, if like when you're young, it's like fun to like beat up on cliches, but then when you get older, you're like, fuck, that's kind of nice. That's actually Just nice. lean into them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's my goal as well with regards to music. Like, I want to make 60 grand a year. Mm. That's my goal. Mm. If I can make 60 grand a year singing, fuck yeah. I'm doing all right. Oh, yeah. Like, and so, and I think that's pretty feasible with my marketing plan that I have together mm. and my whole plan with the album and how to get it distributed and all the whole shit. Oh, yeah? But I don't want to bore you with all that. Yeah. I might be interested. Oh, to talk about it now? Yeah. What's your plan? Oh, uh, so the plan is to... I've never made a plan ever at Yeah, all. I, I'm type A to some yeah. degree. Started a business plan for the album. Oh, cool. Um, the marketing plan. So by the time the album is completely done, I want to have a photo shoot. Um, basically, just so I can have some photos um, for different singles mm. and photo for the album to put on the website. I want to have my Instagram, which I already have together. Yeah. The website, which I already bought the domain for. Yeah. And I have a website together with like a live recording of a concert or a video. Uh-huh. And then I have a music video. Yeah. And then I want to have a links to the music on Apple Music, right. Spotify, all that shit, all uh-huh. the channels. And then I'm, I have a, about a list of 70 different publications, okay. uh, online media publications that I want to get on. And these are um, oh. things like Jam in the Van. Yeah. They're things like um, Tiny Desk Concert, mm. things. Um, so that's like the high echelon of Tiny Desk. Right. And, or the KEXPs from Seattle. How do you get on that shit? Um, basically apply. Do you? Um, and, like on KEXP too? A hundred percent, yeah. No shit. The I thing is, it's like, um, I can explain more off yeah. the podcast. I don't think going yeah. to the minutiae of how to get sure. to an online publication is interesting to people. Right. But <laughs> about 70, um, a list of 70 cool. different ones that are really like really localized or um, big ones. Right. All of them are online, which is important to me. Yeah. Um, and they all post online content, meaning uh-huh. videos. Right. Um, or audio or something. I see. And so... 
if I only get accepted to a quarter, right? I think I get accepted to most, if not all. But if I only get accepted to a quarter, mm-hmm. then I will have like exposed myself to about like thirteen million people. Oh yeah. And I do the numbers. So if I get accepted to all, wow. that's great. But if and if I get exposed to thirteen million people, maybe sure. six hundred thousand will actually listen to my music. Right, right, right. And then maybe fifty thousand will listen to it regularly. Mm-hmm. And if I can get in the sweet spot between like twenty and sixty thousand people listening regularly, mm. then I can tour. I can get to like you know mm-hmm. um, South by Southwest. I can get it to sure. all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. And so that's my goal. <laughs> Um, and to do that, to get into the touring um, um, festival market, and also to become a st- opening act for artists, mm-hmm. um, something like Third Story, something like to be an opening act to whatever, th- Tori Kelly, I don't know, mm-hmm. um, because uh, I went to see Lake Street Dive. Are you familiar with them? Yeah. Um, in Missoula, and they were great, but they had an sure. opening act that was garbage, like terrible, terrible. Are you traveling with them. I have no idea. Probably yeah. it was like these this seventy five year old black man who was gyrating on stage with a cowboy hat on, and the dude playing a keyboard like a Casio keyboard. It was terrible. And Lake Street Dive is an amazing band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like this duo, and they're so garbage. And they were making probably like six hundred dollars each mm. per show. Damn. To open up, and that's not a lot of money to some people, but like that's a lot of money to me. Fuck yeah. You know if I can make twelve hundred bucks to perform, opening an act, and I can do that what? three days a week, you know, for six months out of the year, that's a decent amount of income. Fuck yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to do. And so my goals aren't at, um, atmospheric in any capacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I became a big thing, that would be sheer chance and accident. Not accident because I'm actively trying to be a musician. But kind of. But yeah, I'm, that's not my goal. Like I'm not trying to become Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd be a terrible celebrity anyway. <laughs> like, can you imagine me? I just say the wrong thing all the time. I use the word cunt be, way too it often. It would be so good. Really? Yeah. Celebrity scares me. <coughs> I feel like living in Montana made me feel like a celebrity in a weird way just because I was the only like gigantic black man wearing bow ties. So everyone <laughs> was just like staring at me like, what the fuck is he doing here? Sure. People should have come up to me like, where are you from? Mm. In this random way of like, why are you here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, because I'm an American bitch. My yeah. fucking ancestors <laughs> bled and died for this fucking country. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck you. Like, I don't give a good, good goddamn. You kind of going to shame me out of my fucking country. <laughs> like, if anyone, black people have more right to be here than the most. Fuck yeah. My parents, my great grandparents are like, well, fucking, I'm not going to go down that route, but mm. you get my point. Yeah, yeah. So, I, even in this, I'd be a bad celebrity. Can you imagine? Them taking that snippet and like taking it out of context and <laughs> saying like he hates all white people, wants them to die. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's not so bad. <laughs> oh no, that's not what I'm saying. I love people. I am not about that fuck shit. <laughs> so I don't want to speak sometimes. This is really off topic. Yeah. But I feel like I have three distinct voices. Oh. I feel like I have the sort of college professor. It's which my mm-hmm. normal voice. And then I have the bro, and then I have the valley girl. Oh. The bro too. Because the bro is just like I get really excited. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Or that's your bro impression. I mean, maybe I should stop. Yeah. No, I want to just hear more of your bro voice. I haven't noticed it. Oh, I guess maybe. Uh, is this embarrassing now? No, it's cr- you start. You started. I'm it. gonna stop. No, I reject. I want this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we can move on. We're talking about music some more. <laughs> We're talking about the industry. <laughs> Let's <laughs> talk about. Um, <laughs> I just knew it was embarrassing. I was like, I need to stop. <laughs> Before I crash into a wall, I really wanted to hear about your three voices. We'll do that off mic. Okay, okay, whatever you want. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to let's let's go back back a little bit. So you're from Compton, 
originally kind yeah, of? Yeah, so I was born in Compton, California. Yeah. Cool. It's not cool. Compton fucking sucks. Compton sucks. I do not glamorize fucking mm. living in the ghetto. It mm. sucked. Mm. It's still so like I have no I love gentrification. Mm-hmm. I love it. Like I don't <laughs> people who I don't understand people who fight that kind of shit. It's like, yeah. wait. Cause all the neighborhoods weren't like these peaceful mm. like fucking nice places where places. people could live well. It was a place where, like, I had to be fearful walking home from school every day. That was a real mm. fucking thing. Word. People were killed. Like, I had high school friends who were killed in gun violence. Mm. Uh, four of my brothers have been to jail. Four. Oh. Four extended periods of time. Damn. My uncle went to jail for 25 years. Yeah. I assume for murder, but they've never told me, and I've never been brave enough to ask. Hmm. Um, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, I... Sure. I'm like a success story, even though I didn't even graduate from college. Yeah. Um, but they were just like, well, you're not a statistic. Mm. Like, that's the fucking meter. Yeah. Like, I have never been on welfare. And that is the meter of success where I come from. Damn. For real. You know what I mean? And yeah, so, yeah. like, I have no fucking disillusionment about the ghetto. The ghetto fucking sucks and people hate it there. Mm. They've made fucking limbs and eliminating a lot of ways, the cultural references and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it used it always like stunned me like seeing white kids from suburbia like proper homes, like mm. listening to rap all about struggle. I'm like, I don't get it. Like mm. I don't like I hated rap for that reason. Cause I was like, I don't want to hear about the shit I'm living. Mm. Like fuck. I want to get the fuck out of that's why I love jazz and fucking musicals. Nice. I can be transported <laughs> away. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That's all of Harry Potter. I would sit and read Harry Potter all day and just be like, right. imagine being at Hogwarts. For sure. And I, I had this like <laughs> this is a terrible idea for a book, probably. But like a hip hop Hogwarts. We had a bunch of like ghetto kids up. going to Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> that's what I just have like a wizarding school for like kids from like Compton and El Salvador, just like really war torn countries, but they have powers. And they, you know what I mean? Just like kids from Iraq and like Afghanistan, and the kids from Compton just like all at a school together. And it was like Dumbledore trying to teach them how to use their powers. There's also like social shit you got to deal with the trauma. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's absurd, but that is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> when you you know, when you were a little kid and you are I've always been oh, the black sheep of whatever mm. because I we used to wear like Lacoste sweaters in middle school and people were like, What's wrong with you? I remember <laughs> like putting all my books in a belt, like a leather belt and put it over my shoulder like Huck Finn. Wow. So I thought it was cool. That's cool as fuck, yeah. I know, but like when everyone's like listening to rap. And sagging their pants, and, and you're, you're like in a Lacoste sweater. They're like, okay, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and then I came out at seven. I've never like in the closet. Oh, okay. I was wondering. And about I'm that 32, too. so that means like I was in middle school in like the fucking early 2000s, and that was mm. not a clutch time to be gay as fuck yeah. openly. Mm. And not, I wasn't like beat up because of it. Yeah, but it was just like there was never this moment where like I can blend into what's happening. Yeah. Just the, at all? No, because I, <laughs> most of my life I was talking about kids who are ghetto who like yeah. wanted to gangbang. Right. I I couldn't identify with that. Wow. Yeah. And then I love listening like jazz and like fucking singing Whitney Houston mm-hmm. and then like being the openly <laughs> gay kid who writes poetry. Mm. And then I played the sousaphone and the saxophone and I would just like always have instruments. <laughs> yeah. I would climb trees. Right. Not no shit with my sousaphone, sit in a tree and just oh. like play. And my neighbors thought I was the strangest That's child. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, because I was just like, fuck, I don't have friends and I just stopped <laughs> trying. <laughs> yeah. And then my time I went to high school, I went to arts high school. Mm. 
And they all thought I was weird too because like they're way too gay for me and, and like way too needy. <laughs> yeah. You ever been around theater kids? Yeah, oh, they're hell fucking yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They're like so crazy. It's like fuck. <laughs> theater kids are worse than summer camp they're kids, and that's gay. saying something. <laughs> like I, I don't mean gay in like the sexual. Way. I mean like gay and like irritating. Like <laughs> I got you. You know, what I mean? it's really funny. <laughs> I was like fuck. I thought I was gay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's like they just found ways to be irritating yeah. constantly. Yeah, yeah. Theater kids are ridiculous. <laughs> I guess they just need attention. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm someone who got a lot of attention, but I never wanted it. Sure. I just wanted to like be loved. Like I'm like mm. a fucking golden retriever. Right, right. That's where my heart is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you put a golden retriever on a stage, I'd be like, what the fuck? Probably <laughs> 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 like lie down and just like running. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like throw a tennis ball and just runs away. Right, right. You know, and I just never under yeah. So when I got to high school, I was around these theater kids. And I was just like, I don't get them. And then I would get all the leads in the high school plays because I was the best singer or one of the better singers. Mm-hmm. And they would all get mad at me and like be pissed. But then secretly text me at night being like, hey, you're the only openly gay dude here. At an art school, mind yeah. you. I was the only openly gay kid. What? Does that make any fucking sense to you? No. I have and they, But they would all text me like later night like about gay shit. I'm just like, wait. <laughs> You guys give me hell all day. You guys suck. <laughs> and not in the way that would be useful to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like you alley that to me and I just... <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then in college, I was just... Like, college was the first time I was like, oh, I don't... Like all that shit for high school and middle school and childhood kind of didn't matter. Mm. The thing I love about being an adult is... yeah. For me, it was like blossoming. It was like how some people describe the golden years for them as high school or where they blended in, had kids from childhood. That mm. is not my story. Me neither. And so I don't, I can't relate to that. I can relate to trying and making great relationships with people as an adult. And so I feel very childlike, even the way that you and I interact mm-hmm. and how our, our friendship has been blossoming mm-hmm. has been very much like that. Mm-hmm. It's like being in fourth grade, but like you pay your bills and pay taxes. Right, right. <laughs> totally. You know what I mean? And I really value going through that hard process because as an adult, I feel a lot of a mental a much more mental and emotional and social clarity than most people mm. who are my compatriots who are all struggling now because they had their coasting mm-hmm. from being a kid to being an adult and now none of that matters like all the shit you learned as a kid and as a, to blend in mm. doesn't help you now that mm. you're an actual adult mm. that shit doesn't matter right and they're all struggling to figure out who the fuck they are. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was just like alone as a child, so I had to figure out who the fuck I was. Right, right. Not like I've arrived, because I don't know. My Angela said this best um, uh-huh. when someone asked her, when she was on a speaking tour, and a little girl asked her, uh, said to her, she's like, I'm a Christian. And Maya was like, already? She was uh-huh. like, I'm 70, and I'm still trying to be a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Similarly, I'm still trying to be whatever I am. Um. But but I acknowledge nice. where I am when I'm and I enjoy my life. Yeah, you know I'm not someone who um, is tortured by my decisions. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm a prisoner to anything, except my lack of finances. Yeah, right. But like money is just a problem until it isn't. Like it's one of those things. Mm. I like money. Like poverty is to me the easiest thing to cure. Just give people money. Mm. All the emotional and trauma and all that shit is much harder. Right. But like, it's weird that people, we're still fighting about struggling and struggling to support people these days. It just doesn't make sense. So weird. That's why, if you're going to transition to politics, not that you do, mm-hmm. I was said this morning that Andrew Yang dropped out. Mm. 
Are you familiar with him? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got the UBI. Well, the UBI, yes, but he just has like really innov- innovative ways to address what life is like now. Yeah. And this whole like socialism, capitalism, dichotomy just doesn't work. Mm. This whole us versus them just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. This whole we can all be like, the whole like financial Adam Smith theory mm. by independent and selfish actions and motivations benefits the society as a whole. Right. That shit does not work. Mm-hmm. I get that we thought that at some point and it worked for a bit maybe, mm-hmm. but there's always been a permanent underclass that has been feeding the major class. It was slaves or the Indians mm. and then it was the Irish and Germans mm. and Asians mm. and then now it's been for a while it's like Mexicans and now it's technology and so mm-hmm. there's never been a time mm-hmm. in this country where everyone's been allowed or giving equal access mm. to have a prosperous life. I don't yeah. believe that everyone needs to like be on the same level in the end, mm. but I think everyone should have a good fucking swing of the bat. For sure. And that means like giving people equity in this country. Mm-hmm. It's like fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we spend so much money on... Sorry, I'm about to stand on my soapbox, so just, just get ready. But we spend so much money on after the fact things like with homelessness or mm. mental health or high schools or whatever like when right. our prison population the amount of money we spend as a country on that mm. or wars like why don't we do preventative things like actually help families who are poor as fuck for sure and like what why does a kid who grew up in a wealthy area can just why is it allowed by basic the fact that they can just afford private tutors why don't we just like have free private tutors mm. for all kids or better school system in general I mean, better school system, yes yeah. but it's, it's not just about the schools yeah that's the thing what people fail to realize it's about the whole infrastructure the family the social all of that infrastructure yes. is so necessary when you look at africans who come to this country and mm. have the same quote discrimination as african-americans mm. um i do discrimination in air quotes because that's arguable but they do mm-hmm. extremely well. Mm-hmm. Same schools, mm. same, but different family structure, different social structures, wow. different options in that capacity. Yeah, yeah. Think of poor Asian people coming to this country. So it's not just about the schools. Right. It's about actively, quantitatively changing these people's daily lives. Yeah. You know, if like someone's mom is working three fucking jobs at minimum wage, and their child, their the likelihood of that child having a good, prosperous life is not super likely. Yeah. Because they have all this stress and shit they have to deal with. Right. And then they have no one teaching them at home. For Because sure. a mom is just like fucking at work all day. Or tired as fuck. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, when yeah. they're not at work. And so it just really sort of stuns me sometimes living in this prosperous ass country mm. um, that we don't spend enough time on preventative things. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, why don't we just build more houses for homeless people? Like, I don't get it. Do we rather just like them being in all these, in all, like, there's so much land in this country. There's so many empty houses. Like, I don't get what well, we just build. It just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I, I'm going to step off my soapbox now. That's good. I really like it. Um, I think that's pretty normal. I was, I, it's something I'd like talk a lot about. It's just, well, I think this is a Yang point, actually. Um, there's something about how our IQ goes down if you're stressed about like your bills. 100%. Essentially, which um, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing that he was re- um, referring to was um, they did these studies on um, different villages Yeah. Um, after harvesting, meaning like um, with right before the harvest, uh-huh. when everyone was like hungry and everything, they test people's IQ. Yeah. And it was like 13 points lower than after the harvest happened. Mm. And so Wild. like essentially with poor people, we're just like, disabling them perpetual yeah, yeah it's just like perpetual stress mm-hmm. um you know it's like um i just wish that everyone in this country 
saw. Not everyone. I just wish we had leaders who are interested in doing the right thing, but not the thing that will keep getting them elected. Mm. You know, the best parents are the best counselors are the best whomever are the ones who see what you feel and think and they see what they feel and think, but they're like, this would here are the options for you, but these two options might benefit you the best. They might be harder for you. Mm -hmm. It's like my physical um, trainer said to me, like, you need to work out every day for the first hundred days just so you can get used to it. Right. And break that bad habit. Mm. I have friends who are like, well, that's a lot, Lindsay. I'm like, who do I listen to? The person who actually wants the best for me mm-hmm. or the person who wants the best for my emotions? Mm-hmm. And and mm. often I feel that uh, I guess I, all of these problems are solvable and we have the means right now, just right fucking now. And just so have to switch the, the siphon over or whatever. Yes. Yeah. It's just weird to me that people want to fight about super shit like gays and abortion mm. still. I'm mm. just like, Sure, be mad about that. <laughs> have your have at it. But like we're all being fucked over by this, like not the one percent, but the people who allow the one percent to have so much influence. Mm. Like being rich to me isn't inherently bad. Like, go for it, have mm. at it. I don't mm-hmm. give a shit. But it's like, why does it have to come at the sufferance of mm. so many people? Well, yeah. <laughs> it is not the rich person's fault that they got rich. It's like, why do we set up the system? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the the issue. Like yeah, I yeah. kind of get mad at liberals when they like get mad at rich people. I'm like that's just making more divisions. Mm. You know, it's like poor black people saying, well, you're gay and black, so I'm going to be mad at you. Right. It's like you're all poor. For sure. Can we focus on that first? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so she's a liberal and wants to have an abortion and you're a Christian and don't. Yeah. You're all poor as fuck. Right. Can we, like, can can we, we talk about that? Think, right? <laughs> yeah, I just don't get it. No, that's definitely it. Um, I would say that like we're all kind of fighting over scraps, essentially, right? at the bottom. And, yes. Um. And it's so funny because when you're in that mode, like everybody's greedy kind of, right? And like everybody's hungry and it's that much harder to like have the grace the grace or whatever to see the common shit. I agree with like you. Like it's at once a problem, but it also hides itself that way. A hundred percent. Growing up in Compton, so my dad is like a handyman. So he's uh-huh. a truck driver, handyman. He build shit cool um and on my block i remember there was like an electrician who lived across the street there was it's a working class neighborhood like people are on welfare some people or a lot of people are subsidizing but Mm -hmm. i remember thinking all of our houses are kind of in disrepair why don't we all just like work on just houses our skills Mm. make them better right make our and and then the value will go up in our neighborhood Mm. property value and this will be great for everyone i remember saying to my dad and he literally scoffed and laughed at me he was just like why would i help them Mm. And I was just like, we're all like in this boat that's sinking. For sure. Why don't we all patch it up and then it's a nice boat all of mm-hmm. a sudden? Mm-hmm. But everyone's like so concerned about their corner and like not mm. giving a little bit more to someone else. Yeah. Because like everyone's so concerned about having the slightly, it's like this moldy ass <laughs> pie that we're fighting over is useless. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Can't yeah. you see that? For and sure. they can't. And I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like being. Poor isn't a problem, but having but having an impoverished mindset is a problem. Mm. And that's something I learned about being poor. It's like being poor isn't a big deal to me. Having no money does not bother me. Mm. It bothers a lot, but it just doesn't bother me. Um, I know I need money, right. obviously, but it's not the everything to me. Mm-hmm. But having the mindset of scarcity mm. and work in working with that, it's because I meet rich people who have that mindset, and it's right. so weird. For sure. I'm like, wait, what are you mad about and stressed yeah. about? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You literally have... It's crazy. <laughs> you know, like, all the things that you need, 
and you are still angsty and you still mm. are trying to like you beg someone and rob someone for the little resources that they have so you mm. can have even more mm-hmm. and you're miserable and depressed right like i don't get what, is what you don't see yeah yeah right and, and then you see poor people who are like fighting over these morsels and it's just mm. ugh. yeah sometimes i think i should run for office but yeah i think, I think it'd be a terrible really politician good. no you would do i'm really too good. honest they don't like that kind of shit. Bernie Sanders is coming up. He's pretty. I mean, I don't have the old on, on dad the, sort of energy as Bernie the old does. Jewish man. You know, like <laughs> he's like big dick energy for the eighty year olds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I just don't <laughs> have that. <laughs> I can't scream at the top of my voice for an hour. Yeah, I just yeah. can't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I have a I have a zero tolerance for just like talking to stupid people over and over again. Mm. I used to think I could be a cult leader because I'm charismatic. But then I thought I don't like dumb people. Yeah, yeah. And you have to love stupid people to no, be a cult leader. No, no. Because the best cults have smart people in them. No, they don't. Really? I'm talking I'm talking about a cult. I want to do a cult sometime. What? Yeah, I mean, not like a cult, <laughs> not like a cult, not cult. like a cult, cult, but kind of like culty. a cult. Like I've called it an anti-cult before. Let's hear. Let, well, pitch I don't, to me. I don't know. It's just like a polyamorous commune, basically somewhere. Aren't all cults then? <laughs> well, that's it. That's a, that's what I'm saying. Oh, just and that part. Well, and then and not like the crazy amount of like authoritarian control. No, it's gotcha. like we'll all be leaders of the cult, or I see. It's a place where everybody can go have their own cult in, I gotcha. their, in their head or whatever. I know a few of those. You actually. know, the church of your cranium. Church of your cranium. <laughs> I lived in some cooperative housing situations yeah. like that. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. You would love to live in the Netherlands. Oh, probably. You really would. Yeah, yeah. They have a lot of those sort of situations and a lot, lot of just co-housing. Yeah. Where people of different incomes like live together, mm. um, support each other. Like a lot of new parents would live in a building with a lot of elderly people. Mm. And then they like the elder, the younger people, the couples who are working or whatever. Yeah. We sort of get like childcare from the elderly people for free. Oh. At the same time, they would like fix up the elderly people's houses, grocery yeah. shop for them. Oh, that's like, great. That, isn't that awesome? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have like common spaces, like mm. a huge kitchen downstairs and a huge living area, uh-huh. a huge like rec room for everyone oh. to hang out in a bar. Right. Yeah, it's, it's pretty dope. That's awesome. And then they have like the more sexy cults. Right. Cults. I guess I don't mind a cult because I feel like <laughs> I'm going to make a left turn here slightly, <laughs> but I think it's relevant because there were so many of, there's this, um, relationship therapist named esther perel she's a she's great yeah awesome yeah and someone asked her a question about her work and sort of why she feels there are so many or what's her summation about why there's so many you know people who are unhappily married or unhappily single Mm -hmm. or just constantly bad relationships and just fucks up and she said something i thought was so poignant she said um Mm since the beginning of time where humans been here we've needed a lot of things from a lot of different types of people mm. and we've always had a tribe and a community to get a lot of these needs met and in the last like 25 30 years and going into the future we just live in separate boxes by ourselves mm-hmm. alone with barely any family yeah. no religious structure no social structure we're in like the 50s 40s 30s even way before then it's like you had your like stamp collection club they're still purpose. you had you had your church family you i mean granted it's a bunch of bullshit that came with all that yeah. of course we can't think of you not think of the catholic church and its fucking pedophilic nature however <laughs> 
but there was a lot of value that billions of people got from yeah. being a part of a church, yeah, yeah, being yeah. a part of a, a Lions Club, right. a Key Club, a, a Legions Club, like right. um, a tennis team, a neighborhood association mm. having block parties, mm -hmm. like having neighbors. Like I don't, I know my neighbors. Um, I'd make a point to know my neighbors, mm -hmm. but that's not a thing most Americans do. Right. And most people don't know who they live next to. Everyone's just like afraid or mm. doesn't want to encroach. And yeah. so people get in these relationships and they have all these needs that mm. that we all need as human beings. We've been we've evolved to have these needs to be social. And, and we expect all of them for one person. Yeah. All of that shit. And of course the dam's gonna break. Yeah. Like how can you get everything you need? Not just sexually, not just emotionally, not just like I, I don't just have everything. one good friend. Yeah, I have a, a a lot of good friends. Right. I have a lot of places that I get a lot of things from. Yeah. And look, Cody and I, I love him, but like he doesn't get high, and that's okay. Mm. You know. <laughs> yeah. If, if I want to go a long ass walk and talk about philosophy, Cody's my man. Right. If I want to go grocery shopping and get excited about some new asparagus, like Cody and I, we geek out about that. Kind yeah. Of shit. Yeah. But if I only talk about the gayest shit ever and like get high and go swimming, maybe Cody's not the person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's all right. Sure. He plays Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not interested in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he has a community there. Right. And I often just see how why cults will always stay popular and valuable. Because to me, a cult is a gang. A cult mm. is a fraternity, a sorority, right. a church, um, whatever. For sure. Even some gyms feel like cults. You're walking to a gym, you're like, oh. fuck. I have not drank the Kool-Aid here. <laughs> Everyone's on one and I am not. Let me just walk the fuck out and just like never. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I go to a rock climbing gym in Billings. <laughs> oh, my, rock climbers are crazy. They are crazy. And there's definitely a cult aspect to that too. <laughs> Although I should do rock climbing. I feel like that'll get me in shape. Oh, yeah. It'd be cool. I'd like to see you up on a wall for sure. <laughs> I'm trying to take that in the dirtiest way. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um oh gosh. So I could just I feel like I could just let you talk. You have so much good shit to say. Uh, well ask a question. Huh? Ask a question. Um if you have a question, I want to check my text. Yeah. So oh, do you want to do a game? We could do a game. Okay. Um so I, I heard this on a podcast. It's like either or. My, okay. My friend Keller did it on his new podcast, which you should check out, listener. Um, it's called Keller's Couch. Anyway, so how about this? I, I can probably guess these, and these are going to be off the top. Um, bus or metro? Metro. Uh, sweats or jeans? Neither. Neither. Yeah, you're you're fancy boy. I just don't like the feeling of jeans and I don't like the oh. feeling of sweats. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, I'd rather just be in underwear. Right. Or being in like chinos or dress pants. Yeah. I like that. To me, they feel smoother and softer. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I like the the feeling of the creases. Oh. Is that weird? No. Well, yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have any more of those. Okay. Do you have any that you could think of? One second. Just texting. That's cool. I'm sorry, I just, my neighbors. No, no worries. Sorry about that. Oh, I was wondering, um, why was the last time you cried? Why was? Mm. So it was this morning. Had a pretty good cry this morning. Um, mostly it was like coming to 
LA and like meeting you and just like finding people here that like I kind of already felt like I was in a tribe with or whatever somehow. Hmm. Um, just kind of like a cry of relief or something about like, oh, like you could just go places and like run into people and make friends and like connections and um, feel like less alone, I guess, you know, mm, like that yeah. sense that you could just like go out into the world and like happen to run into somebody that ends up being really important or whatever. Hmm. It's like a much different mindset than I usually have, which is that I hate everything mostly like hmm. walking around with capitalism or like all the structures that are so shitty. Like I just get fixated on that. And so I tend to view the world as like pretty mean that way. Hmm. So it's, it's pretty nice to kind of like jump and like come out here. And I ended up staying like an extra week on accident because hmm. I fucked up my flight dates. And then my friend Kevin was like, yeah, I mean, he was kind of surprised at first, you know, like extra fucking week of company. And I've tried to make myself scarce there a little bit. He's trying to work and stuff sometimes, but um, just having like support like that and, and finding it was enough. <laughs> Definitely made me cry. Hmm. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. I used to sometimes think about starting a church called Coffee Church. Oh. And we would like meet, you know, once or on Sundays or what have you, at like 2 p.m. Because uh -huh. 8 a.m. is way too early for, for church. Real. But you like have coffee or cocktails and we all get together and, and someone does a presentation on something they learned that week. Yeah. Or something like that. And we all have like lunch afterwards. Yeah. And get all the shit you want, that connection. That's great. I feel like millennials, we are so much in need of connection. Mm -hmm. yeah. We're connected. In mm. every way, except mm. emotionally. Right, for sure. And physically. There's not enough physical affection. Mm. And I don't mean sex. I mean just like closeness. Yeah. You know, brotherhood, sisterhood. Touching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Touching. Touching. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm way into that. And that's like why I'm a relationship anarchist, partly, right? Like there's this big thing in usual, like normal relationships where like affection is reserved for a partner essentially yes and of course they're affectionate friends like people hug and some friends kiss or whatever but by and large it seems pretty uncommon for people to be like affectionate yeah that's why i loved france in a lot of ways yeah i'm um, just with men they're not afraid to be close right and it's not inherently like um i forgot what it's called but they give like the double kiss yeah when you greet often right and it just like breaks the ice it's like oh i didn't even know i needed to be touched mm. but in I remember going like a bunch of meetings one day for like singing something or whatever, mm -hmm. and then go meet with this guy to talk about this, and then mm -hmm. meet with the couch surfer, and then meet with this, and then in every situation they all did that like, mwah, mwah. yeah, it's like a hug involved, and it just made me mm -hmm. feel better. Mm -hmm. Just all day, it just made me feel good. It's like, yeah. oh, oh yeah, this is nice. That is nice. You know, a dog walks up and you pet it, and they're just really happy. Right. It's like that's what we all need. Yeah, we all yeah. need to be pet. We're constantly. not that different for sure. I wish we were more different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know I'm a dog. <laughs> <laughs> In the negative and positive ways. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, um, okay. Wow. This has been really fun. Yeah. It's already been going for like an hour. Oh, sure. Is almost. that your way of saying? No. Oh. I'm just saying like it's flown by and I feel like I haven't even been like doing that much work to <laughs> do more work, bro. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so wait, so I'm in LA. Let's just start with the basics. You're in LA. Great. I'm in LA right now. Why are you in LA? Yeah. Um, 
to do things. I came here to do some things. I wanted to come and connect with like uh, podcasts that I have been interested in and that are based here. Mm. Um, it's kind of like mm, feels like me co- coming to to start something somehow, like um, whether that be like a podcasting career or like or something. But it's it's like the first time I'm traveling and t- kind of working and trying to. Um, I guess like going out on a ledge in some way and like seeing like, oh, like, could I do this kind of like, can I go and connect with people? Like, will people have me on a podcast? Um, I guess it's just like part of me pursuing my art life more for sure. I've been curious about cities a lot, having grown up in the country and spent like most of my 26 years in the country. Like, Mm. um, I've always been kind of afraid of cities that way. Hmm. Um, Sorry, I'm, I was afraid of the country. Really? For like it, two different reasons. Sorry, yeah. I, I don't want to interrupt, but I'll... Go ahead. Well, I've always been a city person all my life, and the noise, the all the people around makes me feel safe. In the country, mm. so I just always think of neighborhood watch signs, and yeah. those are always... They just have a black man on them. Oh. That was, like, the why it started. Yeah. Like kind of like this racist thing, like let's watch neighborhood. Damn. That's why suburbs kind of exist. Right, is for a white flight. Separate. So I never felt comfortable in suburbs or like sparsely populated places. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, I am the thing they're looking out for. For sure. And and this is a kind of a darker thing, mm. but I always was like, the country is where people were lynched. Mm. Yeah, you know, and I can't not think of that mm-hmm. so when I'm in the country I just Damn. think like at any point all these white people could just like string me up and then I'm fucked right who's gonna hear me no one right I never like to be in nature mm. can't stand it mm. oh yeah I don't like it at all huh I mean a I have really bad allergies as you've yeah. been a witness to um b I the sort of people who are who frighten me most in the world are people who are like distrustful of government, who look like, at yeah. guns living off the grid, and they all seem to be racist. I don't really get it. <laughs> That's no good, right? Like it's yeah. like fuck. Like so, I'm gonna go to nature with all these animals that I don't want to deal right, with. Right, right, right. Who know that's always stressful enough. And then mm. I'm allergy, uh, all these allergies, and then I don't find nature that beautiful, honestly. Really? It's like it's like a woman's vagina. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm gay, and it's. A woman has a vagina and that's fine, but like I have now no interest. I'm not saying it's ugly. I'm just saying like, I am not interested in it. <laughs> well, like some people don't like LA, that's okay, but yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but people get to hate on LA and I can't hate on nature. Right. Fuck that. No, you can. You can for sure. I don't hate nature. I just don't care. Yeah. But the thing is like, if you don't care about nature, people get so mad. Mm. They're like, wait. How could you? I thought you were an American. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you fucking asshole. Like, I don't like animals either. Yeah. I don't hate them. I just like, I'm not a dog or a cat person. Mm. Like, you have an animal, great. That's your animal. <laughs> Why do I have to be involved? Yeah, yeah. Like, you have a child, great. That's your child. Right. If it screams, I just might walk away. <laughs> that's happened. I've been at dinner and like this lady brought her children. Yeah. And they were just screaming. I just left. I was like, I, I'm not dealing with this. Yeah, yeah. I get that you want to like, suffer <laughs> then that's your prerogative but why the fuck like do i have to deal with this yeah, yeah. and then it's always the shitty parents or the free-range parents who never have free get, range. not free-range because free-range parents are like they actually let their kids fail and try 
I see. Is those parents who like never set boundaries that I don't like. Because I'm like, sure, I get you don't want to be authoritarian to your children, but letting them scream because you have no self-control is irritating. And that's not helpful to them, not helpful to you. Yeah. So, nah. I remember performing somewhere, and this kid came up and, and like, was bothering me. Mm. And I said to the parent, you know, can you please tell your child to yeah. refrain from touching me? She was like, oh, he's just joking around. And I was like, listen, bitch, this is not going to work out well for you. <laughs> like, I'm asking you nicely. Yeah, yeah. How do you want this to escalate? Right. Do you think the only way this is supposed to work is I got to let you and your shitty-ass offspring bother me? <laughs> no one cares about your fucking child, bitch. Like, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it works because I sing. So people, for some reason, because I can sing well, and I sing in public without mm. thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. People think that I'm a nicer person than I am <laughs> or that I want to be like a Mary Poppins character, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like as a tall black man. <laughs> and But that's not the case. <laughs> You know what I mean? And yeah. so, like, people, especially at airports, because I sing as a walk around, and I, I never think about it. Uh-huh. And But people, it relaxes people. People like it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not mad at that. Great. They enjoy it. But sometimes when they get on the plane, people will sit next to me. Oh. Because I'm sing- I don't fly Southwest for this reason anymore, because it's, like, open seating, and people oh. just sit next to you. Yeah. And mothers and their children would sit next to me. <laughs> And I'd be like, bitch, no. Yeah. Like, I'm a grown man. Yeah. I get I can sing well, but I'm a grown man. <laughs> Shouldn't you be afraid of me? Yeah. Fuck. Like, leave me alone. Really I don't want to be bothered by you. And I, and caveat, I do like kids. I do like kids. Mm. I just don't like the imposition that shitty parents mm. force you into mm. this cloistered experience where you have to either love their shitty child yeah. or you're an asshole. Right. I was on a flight once and an old man yelled at a baby and it was the most hilarious thing. <laughs> this baby was screaming for a good hour and a yeah, half. Yeah, yeah. Because the mother should have just given NyQuil. Mm. That's what all of our mothers did and we <laughs> thanked them for it. Yeah. <laughs> and this mother's just like, no, I don't believe in that. She's probably a non-vaxxer. Right. I don't know what you think about that, but I can't <laughs> handle those people. <laughs> I'm on board with you. Um, It's funny with like kid culture. I'll call like Billings a breeder town a lot of the time. Um, it's very like... I guess just suburban, like in general that way. Hmm. And it was something I noticed out here too um, when I was like walking around downtown or whatever. And I guess this would be explained because kids are in school a lot of the time during yeah, the Yeah, that'll happen. When I was doing walking around. But I just noticed walking around a city, like there's not a bunch of kids around. And, and it's so nice. Yeah. It's really good. It's so lovely. Oh, my God. I, I think kids can be in cities and they are and they're great. For sure. But there are... The kids who live in cities generally are um, fairly well adjusted, mm. because in order to be in a city, you can't. You have to like acknowledge certain things, like homeless people exist. Mm. You can live in suburbs and away from everyone else, and you cannot understand shit. Mm-hmm. I know so many kids who go to college and like are scared to leave the campus because they're so used to have this cloistered experience, and mm. it's like, oh, your right. childhood didn't do you well. Mm. And I don't think a good childhood is one free of hearing or seeing anything that isn't perfect. Right. And that's like the American dream, which I don't understand. Strange. I love the Dutch way of going about schooling where they actually just talk about shit. Mm. Kids, like, they're forced to volunteer. Mm. Like, forced. In every, like, middle school, they have to volunteer. High school, they have to volunteer. Cool. They have to, like, try new things. They have to, they force them to think. Yeah. And America's like, nah. <laughs> get good grades, and then we'll ignore you until you're 18, then get the fuck out. Right, right, right. No, I think about a lot of that with school and... Um, like I'm a music teacher, right? So I have like 12 kid students that I teach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always thinking about like how I want to teach them or 
that sort of shit. A big one is just like, and this is so opposite. It's really funny because my job is like to teach them things, right? But sometimes a kid will come in like after a day at school and they're just like fucking blasted, like whacked. You could like glazed over eyes sort of thing. Um, And so like they'll either be like not really willing to or able to work with me that much if I'm trying to teach them. Hmm. So I'll just like leave the room. I'll be like, okay, um, I'm going to go get some tea or make some tea. You play with that upright bass over there. Just like fuck around Hmm. with it. And it's really nice like finding how like you don't have to do that much with kids actually. Like we try to force them, force like this knowledge on them in these schools. And mostly it's just like for them to be better workers one day. But if you just give kids like space to look around and like fuck around with something, then they can discover things. I agree with you a hundred percent. I was a camp counselor for a brief period. Oh, right. And the thing that I love the most about it, I had kids that are from ages nine to 13 was that they had so many ideas just naturally. And I remember once um, they called me Aesop because I like to tell stories. Right. And um, they would sit around and like, let's make up stories. And I remember one kid was really good at it. And then another kid was like, can we go to Riflery? And he was like, he loved taking apart the gun and doing oh. that. And then we go swimming. And then another kid loved to go to the horseback riding. And they just, yeah. oh, like, let's make a game. I remember we made up so many games. Mm. Some of them were bullshit, but you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just like kids, they try. And I remember we would talk. And there's like, well, I, one of the kids, James, said, I love talking to you because you don't make me feel like I'm weird for thinking what I naturally think. Nice. Which I'm like, made me sad. It sounds like yeah. your life is filled with people making you feel uncomfortable by you just thinking. Right. I, I remember I told you a story, but he's a kid that asked me, did I pee chocolate milk? Because <laughs> that was the first black person he met. Um, which is a really innocent question. Yeah, yeah. Like, I get it. I'm like, like, you don't pee milk, so I don't pee chocolate milk. That's a funny, the you know, funniest that- <laughs> part of it. But I get his the premise. The analog was not thought through no. at all. You know, but like, I, but I enjoy him just being open about that yeah, and just yeah. like seeing and trying. And I remember um, I was like the only openly gay counselor, which yeah, is another thing. For like, sure. I, I guess I never realized that I should be like hush lip about these sort of things. Yeah. Like, oh, being gay is weird. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, what's being gay like? And I was like, I don't uh-huh. know how to answer this question to a child. Oh, <laughs> uh, like, do you mean what it's literally like? <laughs> well, I was like, I can't say that. Like anatomically. Or <laughs> yeah. I was like, it feels warm sometimes <laughs> and it's constricting <laughs> and then it's wet. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> um, but I remember, uh, I just love that whole prism mm. where people can be simply. Mm. You know, I remember the kid, I was singing, and a kid was just like, How do you sing? Yeah. And he was just like, no, And I was explaining him how to breathe. He was like, No, mechanically, how does that happen? And I was like, Damn. Mm. I've never even thought of that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then we Googled it together. And I was like, Let's look this shit up. Nice. And he was just like, oh, and then we looked it up and then we built like a model like vocal cord. Oh, hell yeah. And it was just really cool to learn that yeah, and, yeah. and see the world from their eyes. And then um, we um, went on a train and at certain parts the train gets elevated. Yeah. So you're like above the city a little right. bit. And uh, they were like, wow, look at the top of this palm tree. 
And their eyes are glued to the windows, and I'm just like a jaded adult. Like yeah. I ride the train every day. What the fuck? Right. But for them, it's just like this is dope. Like right. we can see on top of trees. Like this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. For sure. Like maybe I should stop being so goddamn jaded and like realize how beautiful the world is around me. Let's look around. Particularly, we live in the most peaceful time ever to have lived. Mm. I mean, the whole coronavirus or whatever. But <laughs> from it's here. beginning of time till against like about a hundred years ago, mm. plagues every twenty years wiped out large pops of population yeah yeah. then wars wiped out a lot of people right and then like stds untreated probably wiped out a lot of people <laughs> like infant mortality was high yeah. like violence and rapes and all that yeah. and we live in such a peaceful time and people mm. don't seem to appreciate that yeah yeah we're so blessed like poor people now are like so much richer than the rich people 20 years ago mm. in not richer in some ways i don't mean richer i mean like our quality of lives are just so much better. Yeah, fundamentally. 100%. Right. I think they have better social structures maybe, but like mm-hmm. we don't have to struggle. Yeah. Really struggle. People sometimes, um, someone asked me the other day, Lindsay, you don't have that much money. Like you're, you're poor. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I live in America though. It's kind of okay. <laughs> I live on Ocean Boulevard, Long Beach. Yeah. I, yeah, I work at a cafe. And? Right. He's like, but you don't have a 401k. Mm. Okay. Right. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that I uh, that's fine to just not have plans and finances saved. Mm. I think those are good things. Right. But I'm not gonna fall apart if I don't. Yeah, yeah. Those are one of the reasons I got divorced because I was just like he was he got so stressed out if we weren't rich. Mm. I'm like I cannot have that kind of aggravation. Definitely. He would get so stressed out. Yeah, yeah. If ever our bank account went below like five thousand dollars, he would just be like have a panic attack. Mm. And I grew up on welfare, so I'm like. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. <laughs> but he grew up rich. Yeah. So for him, five grand is no, it's like we're about to die. Mm. At any moment, we're gonna be off the cliff. Wow. For me, I'm like, we got five grand. Let's go to France. For sure. <laughs> I'm like, let's go. Like, let's book the tickets now. Definitely. You know, because I don't mind spending it all in one swipe, which is my <laughs> maybe a lack of my parenting or my parents' parenting were pretty parents' parenting. Wow. Is that proper? To That's say? good. Yeah. It is. Sometimes I feel like when I speak, I'm just an idiot, like a bumbling idiot. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> right? For myself, not for you. Yeah. <laughs> just to clarify. No, I'm the bumbling idiot. No, I know. Yeah. I don't think you are. No. Oh, I see. <coughs> well, I have a question that I'm curious how you're going to answer. Okay. What was your last experience that opened your mind in some way? Uh, <laughs> uh, Open, answer as you will. Yeah. I mean, probably... It's probably a similar answer as the one before, actually. It's just like coming when you asked me about crying. Um, oh, I see. I was thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping uh, it general here. <laughs> no, I, I understand. I, I have like, to maintain some uh, <laughs> some sheen of like uh, uh, objectivity with my subjects. Oh, I'm your subject. <laughs> okay. Oh, I see. Heard. <laughs> no, I understand, good you're sir. You're not a subject. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> With my subject. You are, you're a subject of my interview, though, aren't you? Um, I'm interviewing you, too. Talk. You are, yeah. Or, or, or ask me more questions. No, no, no. I don't even... I like if you're it. you're Joe Rogan and I'm the guest... No, on. I like it this way better. Just uh, back and forth. I like that, too. Um, <laughs> God damn. <laughs> <laughs> you're, I'm going to have to turn these microphones off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you want to start again. Oh, look at that. Oh, we, we got a level that you feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't know. I feel like we've talked a lot. I yeah, really, we should stop soon. Yeah. Do uh, you just want to stop now? One, two, three. Okay. Well, I hope you liked that convo with Lindsay. Uh, he's pretty fucking charming, so I imagine that you like him um, maybe as much as I like him, but probably not. Um, yeah, be sure to check him out on Instagram. Oh, fuck. I forgot to look that up. Um, he is talented, really good. I'm actually going to close out here with um, his song called Blame Me that he mentioned. And it's got kind of what we were talking about with some nice spacey beats and his deep vocals that also he's got a nice falsetto range too so don't be fooled um if you liked this go ahead and check out waste-division.org where uh where <clears throat> waste division is a art collective there's a bunch of us um i am among them my friend eric tonas runs editing uh and publishing over on our on the website there and we usually get stuff up you know one to three times a week so you can go see poetry uh, visual art painting type stuff multimedia uh sometimes i use it to put up like my band stuff so we also have other music and some music writing and yeah i mean we make it so that people will look at it so please go do that also if you're interested in supporting us during this hard time helping us pay some bills if you got some cheddar um maybe you've been stimulated by donald trump uh with his with his trump bucks and you want to spread it go ahead and sign up for our patreon uh you can just search for us waste division on patreon and we'll come up and you can sign up to send us money every month if you want um i'll probably start getting back on it with sending some stickers out for our patrons it's kind of a fun thing um boop, boop, boop. if you haven't seen midnight gospel yet make sure you do that on netflix super good animated philosophical movie um with duncan trussell um another podcaster dude who's cool and smart um do do i think that's it i'm just gonna let it go with uh with Lindsay here sing, singing you out okay stay well be on the lookout for more shit from me okay bye
Couldn't tell you if I knew I still don't know what it is I couldn't tell you if I knew it Don't think about what I said yesterday Doesn't matter, nobody cares who it is If you did, why did it take you so long? I didn't realize that you had thought all these things Thought all these things about me until I Came to your house, sat outside and talked to you Understand you Give me something to drink I'm thirsty Baby, baby Why won't you talk to me? Why won't you talk to me? Why won't you talk to me? Baby, I'm standing Crying, babe, please don't laugh Please don't hate me I made mistakes, but so have you No, I didn't mean No, I didn't mean it I was thinking not so